Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. All right, man. Cue the awesome intro music. All right, welcome to this week's PO podcast. I I'm Adam. am Joe, and that's my techno thug, Adam. Techno thug. Techno thug. <laughs> Uh, for this week, we are going to talk about the movie The Escape Plan, the the long-awaited on-screen arrival of Schwarzenegger and Stallone being together at the same time. Oh, man. What but the before, 80s should have been. Right. But never before were. Before we get there. <laughs> not even the 90s. But before we get there, right. let's talk about what we've been watching this week. Adam? Oh, so this week, i uh, seen a couple things. I uh, watched Warcraft. Oh, yeah. How'd you like um, it? I loved it. I Isaac Geek, Isaac Geek, man. Yeah. Um, I really hope they follow up on the series. I don't see why they wouldn't. It flopped. Since Warcraft. Well, but Warcraft is such a huge. I don't say it flopped. I don't think it got the reception they were hoping. Um, but I think everybody hopes for like an Avatar opening. You know what I mean? But, um, but it was awesome. It was great. I hope they do it again. I mean, Warcraft is such a huge moneymaker. You think that they would just invest in it just for their fans alone? You know what I mean? Dude, um, it, it I would. Really, really hard. Uh, anyway, so I watched that. <laughs> watched some Grimm this week. Um, I watched, uh, told you, uh, the zombies, or the Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Right. Um, right. Which, incoincidentally, has a young Schwarzenegger in it. Um, let's see. Um, what else did I watch this week, big guy? Um, watched, ooh, some more Forged in Fire. Watched mm-hmm. the finale of American Ninja Warrior. Ooh. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Don't other spoil than it that, for me. I'm... Oh, okay. <laughs> I will not tell you <laughs> that. Oh, don't do it. Uh, I won't, I won't do it. All right, so, um. What is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Get down. Um. Yeah, that's that's about it as far as like any notoriety goes. I mean, then of course the escape plan. Gotcha. So there was two I, I watched last week. I never mentioned. I totally forgot about it. I oh. watched the movie oh, Imperium. Okay. With Daniel Radcliffe, where he it's a uh, based on true events about a FBI analyst who goes undercover in a skinhead white supremacist organization to stop a terrorist uh, threat. Okay. It was very, very good. Oh, okay. Shockingly disgusting about how people feel about other people based on nothing. It's right. kind of gross. Um, but Daniel Radcliffe was really good in it. Yeah. Oh, that's the uh, Now You See Me too. Did I already say I saw that? Um, I think you said it last week. Oh, anyway, Daniel Radcliffe was in that. That's what reminded me. But gotcha. All right, continue. And the other one I watched last week I didn't mention was Jason Bourne. Ooh, was it good? No. Oh, the reunion of Damon and what's that director? Grassweed or Grasshopper? <laughs> what's his name? Greengrass. 
uh, well, that was the reason why he wouldn't do the third one. I think <laughs> so. that's the uh, the issue, right? Paul Greengrass is a pretty good director, right? But his action sucks. Right. And the movie suffers from a plotting pace. It's not. It's not tension building. There's nothing going on. It's just slow and it's boring. About halfway through, I it's wanted to stop watching like it. A, it's actually like a letter on book. <laughs> I, I guess I, I read know. a it's... couple. I read a couple of the Born books, and man, it takes forever for those to build up. They, they're great literature. Don't get me wrong, but definitely not a fast-paced book by any stretch of the imagination. Um, um, so okay, cool. Right. Well, there, there's deliberately was... paced, right, which is done well. Where you're like the tension's building the whole time, and you're never bored. Then there was Jason right. Bourne, where you wanted to shoot Jason Bourne. For being so boring. <laughs> right. Stab so, him with a pen or hit him with a magazine. Was this one better than the last one nope. with Jeremy Renner? Nope. Okay. Nope. Yeah. Jeremy Renner does a really good job. He's I, like I liked him. that movie. Um, I was I was frustrated at first because I was a big Bourne fan. I sure. think they did the first one and the first two really well. So when Jeremy Renner came along, I was it's almost like seeing another Bond other than Connery, right? And then Dan, uh, Daniel Craig shows up and kind of just totally remakes the whole thing. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Well, there can be another cool bond, you know. Jason Bourne um, made Daniel Craig. You know what I'm saying? The, right. Austin Powers right. making fun of the old way that they used to do uh, the James Bond movies. Bond movies. Plus, you add in Matt Damon as Jason Bourne. It totally changed what uh, James Bond had to be. That's the only reason Casino right. Royale came out. You know the way that it did. I, it was just going to be another Pierce Brosnan like stupid campy Bond was, movie. Yeah, it was a reboot through and through, while still holding to the very story of who Bond is and you know um, what he does. But it was very less sci-fi, <laughs> which is good, which it needed to be really. So, anyways, but that's what Renner kind of did. He came along, and said, "Okay, there can be another Born other than Matt Damon." I shouldn't say Born, but you know what I mean. Well, it added um, to the not... Bourne mythos, too, because the whole purpose of the, the program that Renner was in was because yeah. they needed people to be like Bourne, and other people had to take medicine to be like Bourne, and Bourne was just born without the medicine. So it adds to his mythos, saying that that's how great he is, you know? Right. Um, Renner doesn't make a cameo on this one, does he? No, they had no. talked about doing a Aaron Cross... Aaron. Uh, Jason Bourne crossover type of deal where they could both take on the government and blah 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 but I don't think it's ever going to happen yeah it's hard to put a lot of heavy hitters like that together and do a wonderful movie like oh, Escape Marvel Land. does it <laughs> anyways <laughs> which is exactly what we're talking about this week so I would not I would not recommend watching Jason Bourne watch any of the other ones again All Right. you know what I'm saying right. Um, this week I watched a movie called uh, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Right. Oh, yeah, with uh, Zach Efron. Zach Efron and uh, Adam Devine and uh, Aubrey Plaza and What's-Her-Face from the singing movies. I, I'm struggling with her name. I don't remember what her name is. <laughs> Anna Kendrick. <laughs> I remember now. Uh, <laughs> it was funny. It was stupid. It was crude. You know, yeah, it was, like it was a reversal, like the like the neighbors. Sure, but this time it was like neighbors too. This time the girls are the ridiculous ones, and the guys right. who thought they were ridiculous are actually a little more level headed than 
than you would have thought. Than what they actually thought. Yeah, I kind of got that from the uh, clip. Rachel's a big Zac Efron fan. I don't know why. <laughs> but uh, I think he's a good actor, oh. but that's just me. <clears throat> well, it'd be that. And plus, she probably thinks she's he's like uh, dreamy, but sure. uh, that's okay. Whatever. She, she keeps... She keep, she keeps thinking these guys that are dreaming that are like five foot, you know, eight and 170 pounds. And I'm like totally opposite end of that spectrum. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you see in me? <laughs> uh, uh, that's funny. All right. So cool. Anything else? Uh, you know, I've just been watching some little stuff here and there, but that's the only movies I watched this week. Okay. Oh, and I got to finish my, one of my books too. Um, I kind of told you um, uh, I started a book series called King Killer Chronicle, right? Sure. And the first one was sure. called The Name of the Wind. If you at all like the fantasy genre, um, think uh, Lion or uh, Lord of the Rings without a lot of the goblins. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, gotcha. I don't know how Willow maybe. Think Willow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, it's kind of like that. Patrick Rothfuss is the author. And I finished the second book. Dude, it was a thousand pages. <laughs> it was so long, but it was really good. And uh, it's called uh, a, a Wise Man's Fear. And it was really good. Finished that this week. I went to go get the third book, and lo and behold, it's not out yet. That's super frustrating. Oh yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyways, so. Tell that to Game of Thrones uh, fans. Right. Oh, yeah. Game of Thrones. I mean, it'd be kind of along the same line of Game of Thrones. If you like Game of Thrones, you would like, um, you would like the uh, King Killer Chronicles. If you're a book reader, so right. I'm just talking um, about the wait just, because wait, they've been waiting for the right sixth book or whatever for years. They wait. Yeah, they wait for everything. I mean, that that stuff's like crack. <laughs> oh, I yeah. see people tweaking down the street, and I'm like, "What's wrong?" They're like waiting for season seven or six. <laughs> Can't wait to see what the hound does, man. <laughs> the hound. <laughs> anyway, so well, very cool. But yeah, I want to just throw that in there for our book readers. Gotcha. I don't know if we have any of that list to it, but <laughs> for you guys, go get it. Uh, yeah, I finished a book too. It was my textbook about the Holocaust. Oh, it wow. was uh, super depressing. Some. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Um, anybody else got any of the sandcastles they want to knock down? Oh <laughs> uh, well. Hey, well, let's get on to the escape the plan. Party buddy. started. Joe is here. It's the escape plan from my last comment. But this movie. Uh, it had a long, long build-up, right? There had been decades oh, of Schwarzenegger and Stallone hating each other. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely like, when we grew up, it was like the two sides of like macho men. Sure, you, know? you had to pick I, a I, side, too. I, you know, Are you a Stallone guy well, or are you a Schwarzenegger guy? And don't get me wrong, you could like them both, but one was definitely your favorite. One was definitely the, the alpha of the two, you know? Sure. Um, Either it was Rambo or it was Schwarzenegger. And anybody who listens to any of these podcasts know that my alpha would be Schwarzenegger. Yeah, but as far as, like, uh, some things go, before Schwarzenegger even came around, Stallone had already won an Academy Award. Right. There there was that. There's always been that. And did he do anything Academy Accord worthy after that? Academy Accord? Academy Award worthy after that? No, not really. (laughs) Tell you what, if Rocky in its entire was released today, it still wouldn't be Academy Award material. So, it might be. It's a very good movie. 
no, it wouldn't. It would get slammed because the idea of an alpha male alone would just get slammed. It's a reason why these boxing movies don't come off without a hit, you know. Um, think of a couple of ones that are, one, some are coming out, but think of, you know, Creed. Creed was, I mean, it was good. It was People fantastic. liked it. Yeah, but it didn't get the acclaim Rocky got by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you think about some other ones. Don't get me wrong. I, I love Rocky. I'm not bashing it at all. But we just in a different era, dude. You know, things that win Academy Awards now shouldn't. <laughs> well, some of them you know. should. Oh, well, you, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have said it like that. So, But anyways, I'm with you. Good stuff. I'm not trying to draw, you know. I'm not okay. trying to bash on it. So, there's a long, long history going all the way back to 1977 with these two, and we just watched a video off podcast about it where uh, they met at the Golden Globes, and uh, Stallone was automatically threatened by Schwarzenegger, it seemed, because Schwarzenegger was so huge. But Who Stallone wouldn't? ended up winning, you know, best uh, best picture for Rocky okay. that night, so yes. I guess he came out the winner. But then you fast forward a little bit. And uh, to 1985, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're talking almost 10 years later. Schwarzenegger's pumped out a couple more Rockies, a couple more Rambos. And uh, did I say Schwarzenegger? I meant Stallone. Stallone. Yeah. Schwarzenegger, I, was, I wasn't, I wasn't going to correct you. Schwarzenegger has been the Terminator by this point, and he's uh, be, you know, becoming a star of his own. Schwarzenegger. Isn't that what I said? I think you said Stallone became oh. the Terminator. Schwarzenegger. In 1985, Commando comes out, starring Schwarzenegger. And in a promotional interview with the News of the World, he disses Stallone. He says, you know, I'd be angry hearing my my name mentioned in the same breath as Stallone's. Stallone uses body doubles for some of the close-ups in his movies I don't. So I don't know that that's a big slam or not. Well, it's hard to use a double for Schwarzenegger close-up. Sure. And then that same year, um, Rocky Four comes out. So, I mean, he's already pumped out three Rockies before this one. You know, a couple different Rambos. And opens with a $20 million weekend and features Dolph Lundgren as a, I guess, a uh, what some people said is like a, a Schwarzenegger-type person, kind of making fun at Schwarzenegger. Okay. I never even made that connection before. For what? What's that? What the connection? That Dolph Lundgren's character in Rocky Four is a jab at at Schwarzenegger. Oh, I've never heard that before either. That's yeah. a stretch to me. But anyways, I guess. Yeah, I think it is. Oh, I should probably mention I'm uh, pulling this uh, this history between the two from Vulture.com. So it's it's a oh, nice, okay. nice Shout out. history here. Okay. Uh, December of '85, Stallone marries. Cobra co-star, Cobra, dear Lord, Cobra co-star, Cobra. Brid- Brigitte Nielsen, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm okay. Cobretti. Uh, don't eat pizza. Don't eat pizza. Uh, okay. you, gotta, you gotta take care of your body. Anyways. Cobra, oh my God. Someone marries Brigitte yeah. Nielsen, who's a good foot taller than him, and she reportedly had a fling with Schwarzenegger during the filming of Red Sonja. Also not a great movie. Two stories about how the newlyweds met emerge in the first and the most widely circulated. Nielsen sent a nude photo to Stallone, (laughs) who then got in touch to set up the first date. In the second, 
told by Schwarzenegger, he set them up to get rid of Nielsen, who was too wild for a guy already eight years into his relationship with Maria Shriver. So he's like, you can have my side action. I don't want it anymore. Either way, <laughs> it doesn't make either of them look Jeez. particularly good. Oh, yeah, yeah, she sent me a nude photo. Hey, you know, I should probably call her and go out on a date. Hey, stupid. You're mixed between Stallone and Ratzenberger. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh... <laughs> So in a, move forward three more years, January 1988, Playboy, always a great source of news, publishes an interview with Schwarzenegger in which he says he's tried to be friends with Stallone, but the Italian stallion just gives off the wrong vibrations. He also said Sly was out of touch with the women's movement and made fun of that effing fur coat when he directs. So I guess Stallone wears a fur coat while he's directing movies. <laughs> Any little jab that these two can get at each other, they're taken. Right. Yeah. Go to February of 88. The News of the World runs a story by journalist Wendy Lay with the headline, Hollywood Stars Nazi Secret. It says Schwarzenegger is a closet Hitler lover with fervent Nazi and anti-Semitic views, which always goes well in Hollywood. His right. father, the article also says, was personally responsible for rounding up Jews to put them in concentration camps. Who was Lay's source for all this, Adam? Oh, come on, Stallone. That's what it says, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know it does. I'm looking at it. Come on, man. This is weak stuff. Well, it gets better. All right. The August right. 88th. Yeah, it does. <laughs> the AP reports that mutual friend Harry J. Katz organizes a meeting between Stallone and Schwarzenegger in which they hash out their differences. All the laundry's clean now, Stallone reportedly told Katz. We might even do a project together. Yeah, it was in 1988. We only had to wait 20 more years. <sighs> 25 more years, yeah. right? Yeah, the escape plan is like 2013, so... Mm-hmm. Later in 88, the New York Post reports that Stallone and his crew entered a nightclub, saw a picture of Schwarzenegger on the wall, and demanded its removal. Let Sly leave and never come back. The owner took down the picture. This is all stupid, right? Right. So now here's the stuff that we remember. Going back to December of 88, they start taking shots at each other in movies. In movies, right, yeah. And mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger fires the first shot when he uh, in the movie Twins. When he walks up and sees the movie picture, movie poster of Rambo, where he's all flexed, right? And Arnold flexes and touches <laughs> his own arm and then laughs, right? Which right. you know, yeah. so that's that's right. the first funny jab. Uh, December eighty nine. I don't know. Is it our favorite movie of all time? Tell you what, Tango and Cash, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a scene in Tango and Cash where. Uh, he oh, takes those glasses, her... those poor glasses. Yeah. <laughs> the scene in Tango and Cash, uh, Stallone takes a jab at uh, at Schwarzenegger. It's mild, but it's there. Okay. Now we go back to non-movie references in March of 1990. That Wendy Lay uh, lady, again, publishes an unauthorized biography about Schwarzenegger's difficult childhood, his Nazi family, his use of steroids when he was a teen... And uh, according to Lay, Stallone was so pleased with the book. And after reading the first draft, he said, Hey, honey, uh, reading this is better than getting four blowjobs. Wow. You stay classy, San Diego. Yeah. (laughs) But just a couple months later in May, Stallone and Schwarzenegger are pictured dancing together at Cannes. So, whatever. That's a nice shot. That's that's beautiful. (laughs) Two guys just having a good time. Uh, May 91, EW reports that Schwarzenegger's think about starring with Stallone in a comedy in which they'd play cross-dressing cops. Now, I'm putting my money down right now. I want to see this movie. Uh, it's a little disturbing. 
Um, I want I want to see the movie. That'd be hilarious. Just think white chick, white chicks, but nah. no. But I want to see it now, like with them all old and wrinkled and stuff. That'd be hilarious. Right. Maybe all get right. uh, Tyler Perry involved. Nice. <laughs> what? Right. Anyways, uh, October ninety one, they open Planet Hollywood with Bruce Willis. Uh, you know, Hollywood I'm... douchebag. He, Bruce Willis is a not Hollywood douchebag. He's a absolute a hole. When's the last movie mainstream uh, studio movie you've seen him in? Oh, I didn't know he was an a hole. I just figured. Yeah, nobody oh, will work okay. with him anymore. Really? Yeah, he only does directed DVD oh. movies now. Oh, okay. Tell you what, I'm matching. You know, these two guys are smarter than we give them credit for. Oh, they're right? both incredibly intelligent. Stupid intelligent because you can't navigate, build empires of which they built, and then go on. I mean, don't get me wrong. They got people surrounding them that help them with their business ventures. But still, you can't be a complete and utter moron and succeed in the way that they have in multiple uh, genres of business, of entertainment, whatever. And when you say in 91, they, they, they start the first planet Hollywood. Yeah, Come on, man. And that went on. And that lived you know? for a long time, 20 years or so. Right. It's not up anymore? No, there's no Planet Hollywood anymore. Oh, stop it. What? I could swore I looked at it the other... Oh, as far as I know, there's no more Planet Hollywood. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure there's a Planet Hollywood. Mm. But go ahead. You, I'll look at that. You keep okay. going on that. February 92. An excellent Stallone movie, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Starring him and Estelle Getty comes out. And uh, there's a point where she pointing a gun at a bad guy and says, I'll be back. To which Stallone responds, Terminators say that, not cops. So it's not really digs anymore. Now they're just references. So the references continue in 93. Schwarzenegger's action movie spoof, Last Action Hero, bombs. But there's a scene in the movie I've, where where there's a Terminator 2. I love 2. that movie. Dude, I love this yeah. movie too. It is so good. I know, right? You know the spot in the video store where there's the stand-up, the cardboard yeah. stand-up of Terminator 2 and it's Stallone? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh-huh. that's see. Now we're just getting into references. You think the hatchet might be buried? Here's here's the thing. I don't think there's much of a hatchet to begin with. Well, you know, they I were, think it was. They're obviously I think rivals. Was, I think they're rivals, but I think it was greatly based publicity for each other. Maybe because what makes you want to invest in Stallone more? You know, know, if the, you're a Stallone fan, the, the fact, fact that, that he's a hundred pounds lighter. I guess I don't know. Well, no, the fact that Schwarzenegger's on the rise, you know? It's like taking two opposing... It's like Michigan and Michigan State, or better yet, Michigan versus Ohio State. Nothing boosts ratings more for Ohio State when they play Michigan. Sure. They hate each other. <laughs> I think it's the same way. But in reality, you know, Jim Harbaugh likes uh, Urban Meyer just fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's well. I think it's well-played publicity. I don't think they hate each other as much as these people talking Nazi crap would like us to believe. All right. I think anyway, that, go ahead. that hate go ahead. if they if they were rivals, it, it stopped mattering a long time ago. So now they're starting right. to reference just reference each other. The references right. continue in the ninety three during Demolition Man, also a great movie that's really, really racist, where he talks about the Schwarzenegger presidential library. Right. And he's like, Ugh. <laughs> uh ninety four in True Lies, uh Jamie Lee Curtis watches Arnold kill a bunch of people. And she goes, I married Rambo. Uh, right. And I think that's just about the end of the references between each other. 
go forward to right. January 2000, the Hollywood Reporter says that uh, Schwarzenegger and Sloan are trying to start another uh, project together, and they they're willing to even forego their standard salaries to get the project right. But that never right. happens. And in 2003, we all know Schwarzenegger becomes the governor, and uh, Stallone kind of says like, "I don't understand why he's doing it, but whatever." And he actually even joins Stallone on the campaign trail and ends up donating money to him later on. All right, so now that uh, Schwarzenegger is the governor, he's not doing movies anymore, so there's probably less pressure between the two that way, even though Stallone's not doing much at this time either. But um, We go to oh. September 2003 while promoting Spy Kids 3D Game Over. At the Venice Film Festival, Stallone says, he says those things that, you know, I personally think actors should remain actors, but I know... He's always had blind ambition for that, so maybe it'll work out for him. Referring to him being governor of California. Right. But, yeah, he came out in 87 and campaigned for, you know, gun control. Comes out again, campaigns for gun control. Yeah, Stallone's got just as much political tie to things as when he wants to. Sure. I not say as much. But, all right, continue. March 2005, a new rumor about a movie that would finally pair Stallone and Schwarzenegger emerges. 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 Quentin Tarantino wants them, along with Bruce Willis, for his World War II epic and glorious bastards. That obviously never happened. Uh, yes. December 2005, Schwarzenegger visits Stallone on the set of Rocky Balboa and gives him a certificate of recognition for filming in Los Angeles at a time when many productions were leaving the city. So that's a governor-type deal for his buddy. Right. August 2010, their first on-screen appearance together. Schwarzenegger and Stallone appear on screen in The Expendables, which is an awful, awful movie. But I didn't know this. Schwarzenegger declines payment for his cameo. Right. That was well, very nice of him. I, I think it was nice, and I think it was, once again, a wise move coming back into movies. Um, <clears throat> you know? Sure. Ben but, uh, it wasn't an awful movie. It was exactly what it, the, a 1980s action flick was supposed to be. That's what it was supposed to be. So Okay. Anyways, it was awful. Um, <laughs> the second Expendables is good. One and three are awful. So, uh, September 2010, Stallone tells the LA Times, people ask me who is the most extraordinary guy I've ever met. I answer that it's him, obviously referring to Schwarzenegger. So, the hatchet's long buried, they're buddies. February 2012, Schwarzenegger and Stallone find themselves in the same hospital for the same shoulder surgery on the same day, resulting in that famous photo that went around where they both got needles sticking out of them. And then right. finally in October 2013... 35 years Weird. after that after time they, they first met. The same day. <laughs> they uh, they headline uh, the movie we're about to talk about, The Escape Plan. And as this article says, it's actually supposed to be good, which I would agree with. I think this movie is quite good. I think this movie is fantastic. And... We'll talk about that. Yeah. So getting into The Escape Plan, after all those years of the fighting and the bickering, kind of like children, right? They, they're mm -hmm. 30 years past their prime and they finally decided <laughs> to do a movie together that we would have loved to have seen in the 80s. You know, right. when they're, when they're but I think in... it makes them a little more believable now than that would have in the 80s. But sure. You know, I, think, it would have I think they picked different. the right time to do it. Of course, they didn't do it at the height of their movie careers, but Plus, I think they picked a good timeline in which to do it in. Sure. <clears throat> and you get all of the slight references to their careers in this movie, which is nice. Yes. So let's talk about the movie, right? The escape plan. The movie starts off with uh, Stallone. 
whose character's name is Ray Breslin. But I yes. shall henceforth be calling him Rainbow. 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 That's nice. Ray Rainbow. I see what Rain- you did Rainbow. there. So Rainbow's in prison, and you're like, okay, he's in prison. He uh, dodges a stabbing, which is all part of his master plan to escape the prison. We get the beginnings of his art fetish when he's drawing on the wall with ashes, and uh, we see that he has helpers on the outside that help him escape. And he does escape, and he meets with his business partner, Vincent DeSleesbag, and we learn all about the business that they've created together. The DOJ hires them to break out of prisons and expose weak points so that criminals can't escape and, spoiler alert, murder innocent people like Rainbow's family. Mm. Cut to uh, the honeypot CIA agent Schwartz Jr. And she's offering them a cool new contract for bucks so big that they just won't be able to resist. And Rainbow... Double their fee. He mulls it over, but... He, he has to escape a top-secret off-grid prison. Uh, the make, thing that makes this job so special is no one's allowed to know where he is, which is against one of his rules. So, right. But the money's so good, and I'm guessing the uh, boost the to his temptation. ego is so good yeah. that Rainbow oh, agrees to the deal. It's that forbidden fruit. Sure. Yeah. You know? So he agrees to the deal, even though it's a bad idea. And they uh, go to New Orleans for one scene. I don't know exactly why they had to go there, but he gets abducted. They yank his tracking chip out of his shoulder and stick a needle in his neck. Next thing you know, he's all blurry and hazy. He doesn't remember anything. And Rainbow wakes Movie up credits. on a helicopter. And he sees the ever-evil Vinnie Jones stab a dude and throw him off the helicopter. I think he's just misunderstood. You think so? Just... Vinnie Jones. Poor guy gets a bad rap, man. He Maybe he just needs jerk. to talk to somebody. Which is weird. He's played the bad guy in a Rambo flick, a Rainbow flick before. Oh, okay. So they Didn't needle uh, Stallone again, and then he wakes up in the prison. And when Rainbow wakes up, he's in this glass box, and it kind of looks like maybe the first concept art for the prison he wakes up in in Demolition Man. <laughs> they look very similar. Yes. And then he's yes. taken well, to the warden. They kind of, they are. The, I read a cool little trivia that they they kind of did that purposefully. Oh, did they? Makes yeah. sense. There's lots mm-hmm. of references to their careers in this movie. Yes. Including, uh, I'll get to it anyways. Uh, da, 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 da. He goes to the warden, and then he realizes he's been played because it's not the warden that he was told would be there. It's it's actually mm-hmm. Warden Hobbs Caviezel. And, and he's, I love Jim Caviezel. He's awesome. He's great for about he's 90% great. of this movie, which I'll get to later too. Oh, yeah. And he's set up as a sadistic, no bullcrap kind of guy. And he's actually one of Rainbow's biggest fans. He reads his books, and he uses them to uh, create this perfect prison. And I say perfect prison with finger quotes that you can't see, because it wouldn't be perfect if they could escape, which, of course, they do, or else this movie would be really stupid. Right. So next, Rainbow meets Arnie Rottmeyer, who's actually Arnie Mannheim Steamroller, but we don't know that yet. He's posing as a dude who works for this guy Mannheim, who is conveniently also a good guy who's being wrongly imprisoned so that we can also get on his side and not feel bad about rooting for a criminal correct see what they did there muslim guys oh, yeah. the same way anyways you know the mm-hmm. bad guy from the first iron man yes so they become chummy and rainbow gets arnie in on the escape action and they get into some toaster ovens where rainbow makes a plan his dumb plan goes well he gets to the surface and he realizes that they're on a ship in the middle of the ocean so it goes back spoiler to spoiler alert <laughs> He goes back to his cell and starts to work on plan B, which is 
also part of this movie. He's constantly got Plan B's up his butt. Plan B, which includes... is funny. They should be Plan C, then Plan D, then right. Plan E. He's just everything's got a Plan B, even Plan B. So Plan B includes some people being pretend rats through a scheming triple cross, but in actually they're all buddies finding new escape routes, trying to learn where they are via a homemade sextant built out of glasses and a pen, more fight scenes Uh that would have been cooler 30 years ago, a prison riot diversion, classic movie trope, Hobbscaviesel not falling for that diversion, the good guys walking into a trap, of course, but then finding a way out, of course, a sacrificial death by a Muslim to save white people, fiction, evil Vinny going down some stairs at breakneck speed, Arnie looking out the side of his eyes while turning his head, in slow motion. Classic Arnie move. <laughs> a last minute escape yep. for Arnie. A last minute escape for Rainbow. A daring water rescue of Rainbow by Arnie. Hobbs Caviezel is the best handgun marksman in the whole universe, except for you guessed it, Rainbow, <laughs> who blows up Hobbs Caviezel right after saying boom. And then finally, their sweet, sweet escape. Oh. One sweet reference in that sequence is when Arnie takes the gun off the helicopter and starts mowing people down a la Rambo. And is it First Blood Part 2 where he does that? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, they meet up on a beach where Rambo finally guesses that Arnie is not Arnie Rottweiler or whatever his name is, but uh, Mannheim Steamroller. Mm-hmm. Which results in almost nothing. No, nothing except for mutual respect. They're just like, don't ever see me again, whatever. He doesn't even get a ride from him out of there. He's like, hey, I made my own plans. We also <laughs> learn here that CIA Swartz Jr. is, in fact, Arnie's daughter, and she spills the beans that Vincent DeSlee's bag is the one who put Rainbow there. So Rainbow, with the help of Angela from the office and 50 Cent Techno Thug, uh, they, pull, cent? <laughs> they pull a fast one, and they put old uh, Vincent DeSlee's bag in a car, in a shipping container, on a ship in the middle of the ocean, where it's quite Without obvious. any Germex. right. And it's quite obvious that he's going to die in there, a la a baby in the back of a hot car. But also, 50 Cent Techno Thug undressed Disley's bag first because he's not wearing the clothes he wore when he got kidnapped. I don't understand. Whatever. So then they go to the end of the movie where Rainbow and Angel from The Office share some quips, and there is no arc given to any of the characters in the movie at all. They don't grow. They don't learn anything. There's no resolution to the misguided yet noble efforts of Rainbow out of the grief that he feels for his lost family. Uh, no resolution to the obvious sexual tension between Rainbow and Angel from the office. No apology to 50 Cent for calling him a techno thug. There's really nothing, uh, no growth in this movie at all. It's just a action movie. But It's just life. What did I expect? <laughs> That's the movie. All right. Credits. Roll them. So what would, you, uh, what would you rate this movie? Uh, I give this movie a... Solid seven. Interesting, interesting. I would I'd give it a six out of ten, but I absolutely recommend watching it. It's it's a good bad movie. Here's here's the thing. Yeah, you say good bad movie, but here it's cool the way they bring it together. Because I mean, if you really look at it, contrast this to like Rocky, contrast this to Commando or Predator, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's action scenes. Yeah, there's fights and there's brawls and there's that testosterone-filled, like, and everybody in the prison is above, like, 50. Sure. <laughs> Did you ever notice that? Yeah. Everybody in the prison's like, AARP, like, qualified. And so, but you take it, um, but it adds a little bit of, of brain behind it. You know what I mean? That's okay. Um, 
you well, you you look at it, and other than the annoying fact that Stallone is an expert in everything from the law to escaping prisons to um, oceanic travel to sure, he's very I James mean, Bondian in his his wide swath of knowledge. He is a genius. He sure. really is. Uh, if you take this and you really heat up these stainless steel bolts and you're going to snap those mother truckers right off. Well, sure. Um, it It is a very good story, but is it right. at times it's a very, very weak script. It's a weak... I mean, yeah. I, but it's cool to see the fact that they use these two... I mean, for all intent and purposes, they were muscles on screen. That's sure. what they were. Um, They're meatheads. Right. But they take it, and you got these guys that are pulling one over on, like, you know, the black ops operations of the world, the smartest of the smart, you know, the talented people that, you know, that this is their business and they own them. So, I mean, it's cool. It's a little bit of annoying. I mean, because not only that is Stallone this amazing, like, uh, genius, he reads people like crazy. He's like, he's like the pretender, you know? Sure. <laughs> the guy, there, there's no limit to what he does. And, even Sam Neill in this movie, who who I also love. Now let's talk um, about that, okay? There is absolutely okay. nothing wrong with the cast of this movie. It is fantastic. No. Oh, shoot, dude. You got Jim Caviezel, mm-hmm. probably the best bad guy I've ever seen. Because he, he is way overplayed, don't get me wrong. The whole calm, like, mad demeanor, well, way overplayed, like I said, but he pulls it off. He's only he good for about off. 90% of this movie. Right. Because there is a part, dude, at the end where he starts going into a monologue where he waited until that point in the movie, an hour and 20 minutes in or whatever, to start doing an accent. And after that, right. he keeps the accent. And I don't know where it came from, and I don't know why. So He actually he actually has that accent. That's really, you ever listen to, uh, you actually listen to him in a regular interview? No, I have no, I don't know what he sounds like normal. You go there, Jim Caviezel does an interview about him getting struck by lightning during the making of The Passion of the Christ, and I'll have to find it. Uh, send it to him. You would think the dude comes from some other, like, continent, right? Yeah, maybe. But he, I think, no, he he's, like, he's U.S.-based. Um, gotcha. I think he's very, um, I think he's very Jewish in his, um, Jewish, right? I know. All I know is that he, uh he waits until that point in the movie to start doing a weird accent. And there's gotta be some sort of continuity person on set. That's going to go, Hey, stop doing that accent, dude. Right. But anyways, so like you said, big screens, you got Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Caviezel's awesome. Vincent Dion, you know, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is great. Yeah. D'Onofrio, Sam Neill, Amy Ryan. Um, uh, even as far as, uh, uh, Farron, what is it? Farron Tahir. Yeah. The, the, bag, the bad guy from uh, Iron Man. Yep. Uh, I mean, they're all Vinnie Jones. They're all like grade A. I mean, well, they're all really main. good character actors. Yeah, Fifty Cent even does good in his. I mean, he doesn't do a sweet. I he, he plays okay. the part. He plays the part he is supposed to. Do. Sure, half thuggish techno techno thug, geek, which know? is a huge, obvious reason why the script sucks. <laughs> techno thug, really. Anyways. Well, he just got out of prison. He is part thuggish, and he is techno, you know? I so, guess. Yeah, I, I don't think it's as racist as, you know, people would want to imply. I'm not saying it's racist. People... I'm saying it's dumb. All right. I don't know. I think, <laughs> but, you, but you look at it, that's what they do. I mean, throughout the whole movie, they're giving people, oh, Mr. Chickenhead, you know? Oh, yeah. uh, Chicken uh, Luis, Luisa. Why Luisa? My first wife. 
Yeah, she you had know, a real they big do... fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they did all this throughout the whole movie, you know. Um, tell you what I loved about the movie, though. The one-liners. I mean, that's what you come to love about, <laughs> like, the one-liners. <laughs> you hit like a vegetarian. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> uh, try, again. The the... try again. <laughs> try again. Then at the very end, uh, when Hobbs blows up, he goes, have a nice day, a-hole. Yeah. Well, then there's the obvious. It's just great. The boom by by Stallone, you know. Boom, Going back to a time when people were absolute monsters, right? James Bond, all these action movies, they're all sadists because they had these quips they would say right before they murdered or right after they murdered someone, you know? Right, like they they had it waiting in their plethora. Like, what I'm going to say the next time I kill somebody? Yeah, uh-huh. they're, they're sick. Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, Mikhail Hafstrom, right, the director. Mm-hmm. I think he captured exactly what Arnold Schwarzenegger and Stallone are, and it shows in the the small little one liners, the quips. Sure. Well, it's so just I a think, throwback to a time you know, when they were bigger stars. Well, you know, right, right. You know, it's thrown in there on purpose, but they do it well. They do it with a very intact. They know they can't get around who these guys are, and they embrace it. It's like right. Sean Clon Van Johnson. You can't get around yeah. what he is. So you embrace it, and I think they did that in this movie. Oh, I liked that yeah. part of it. I really liked the throwback feel of it. I didn't say that that was what was wrong. It's just there's other problems in the script. And I'll, right. the, the last one I'll give you is uh, the, the bad guy from Iron Man when he's taking his yes. last stand with his two guns. Theron? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's obviously got magic guns that hold extra magical bullets because he oh, he oh, fires off probably 300 like rounds or whatever and you don't see him reload once nor does he have extra ammo so right. you know little stuff like right. that is an issue and it wouldn't have been an issue in the 80s cuz no one had ever addressed it right what is it that movie lethal weapon where he's running after a car and he shoots like 500 times he's like oh with the with his assault rifle that he picks up yeah no, no, not just that one, but uh, he does it with his Beretta, his 9mm. He's running, he's just firing. I'll have to pull up the clip and show it to you later. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but that's it. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. I, I think it's a, a solid 6 out of 10, but it it's more fun to watch than you would think with that rating. Right, and I give it a 7 out of 10 because it's right up my alley. It's two guys I really enjoy um, watching. Um, I've accepted who they are. I'm not looking for a... Golden Globe, um, I'm not looking for a Golden Globe performance from them or, you know, win some Oscar or anything like that. Oh, no. I realize what you, I, you, you know what you, you should know what you get when you sit down to watch Stallone and Schwarzenegger. You're going to get action. You're going to get cheesy liners. You're going to get a weak plot and probably shady, shady acting, you know, unless they got well, good supporting role, like, like a Jim Caviezel. So, I mean, they can I mean, both be good actors though, that, you know, there's, you're right. And I would say way this better is, movies. So you, I can't, would you say, can't just say just because, you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, but And when I was watching it last night, I was watching Schwarzenegger throughout this whole thing. And, you know, his mannerisms and, like you said, the slow eye turns and everything like that touches on his performance from True Lies. Sure. His demeanor, everything is. This is one of his solid movies, if you ask me, about what he did where he has to rely a little bit on his character because he is playing a false character in the movie. You know, he has to hide who he truly is. Sure. So he's putting on, even in the movie, he's putting on another persona of who he's supposed to be. And I think he does that well. I think, um, but you know me, I got a man crushing on Arnold Schwarzenegger. So 
Um, well, they've both, you and know, I, watched, I just don't think this is anywhere near True Lies, nor is it, no, no, I think no, no, actually no. Stallone's strongest movie, and you might disagree with me on this, is Rocky Balboa. Um, he, has I such, would say he has such good acting close. performances in that movie. I would say he's close out of all of his movies. Don't, I, I like a lot of Stallone movies, but um, tell you what, do you ever see, um, there's one, oh, shoot, let me look it up, because he, he did really, really well on No Eyes, I think is what it's called. Have you seen it? No, I don't think I have. Uh, there's a movie, Stallone's in. I think it's No Eyes. Is what no it is. Eyes. It, it came out um, or, or, or uh, come on, that he gave a really good performance and he works in like Antarctica or something like that. I forget where it's at. It came out, uh, No Eyes. Oh, I See You. I'm sorry. I see you, 2002. Watch I yeah, see you and tell me what. You... Yeah, I think he did really awesome. That's one of his better performances, I think. He did really good in that. I remember watching, being like, "Wow, he's a little bit more than just a guy behind a gun." So, um, I see you was really good, but I'm I'm up with you. I think he, uh, I think Rocky Balboa is one of his greater performances, at least. On Copland, screen. he's really good in too. Copland was good. Yep. Um, Tell you what, probably his best was Judge Dread by far. You know? <laughs> Shut, um, <laughs> Shut up. Right after, right after Cobra. And oh. stop or you're my mom or shoot. Cobra is bad, dude. Oh, dude, there's so many bad folks he's in. Yeah, just Cobra, call me Cobra. Stop, stop or my mom will shoot. Demolition Man even kind of sucked. Uh, dude, it's a great movie, though. It is a great movie. Have you watched um, it lately? Cliffhanger. Oh, Cliffhanger. Oh, my gosh. I found myself watching clips from Cliffhanger this week. <laughs> yeah, Cliffhanger's great. Don't you, don't you let go, Gabe. Don't you let go. Um, oh, so anyways. Yeah. So yeah, 7 out of 10. This movie, was, this movie was good. I enjoyed it. It was great. It was fun. Had a little bit of brains behind it. And it's like a puzzle. And I like puzzles. So yeah, I think it was good. Don't get me wrong. If I was going to build a prison, I would never do it on a ship or have any of the weaknesses that they have with all the strengths that they had. But... And nor but, could it, would it be possible to do set you know half the things, correct? You know that this guy does to try to escape. No, no one person's going to have that g- giant knowledge base. No, that purge tanks are going to purge themselves after sure. startup. He hoped, and that they kick them. Yeah, that they're going to kick them out underneath the ship. Anyway, but so yeah, you know, um, all in all, great flick. Grateful. Yeah, I would recommend watching it. It is fun to watch, you know, and it, it is good to see those two on screen together. Yes, it is. I would have and loved I fear, to see it I, in the nineties or the eighties, but yeah, we'll see him on screen again. Oh yeah, so. that'll be fun. Yeah. I I don't have a problem seeing more movies that they're in either. I, you know, right. but, but you know, cool. <laughs> So, any other things for this man, or is that you no, know I think six that's about it. I out think of ten, seven out of ten, and go see the flick? Uh, you know, I think we've pretty much covered it. Yeah, I think we have. Yeah. So, what are we, we going to do next week, solidified. buddy? Um, well, you uh, gave a great recommendation, and I think we should work on that. I think uh, next week, as you said, the good old times of Happy Gilmore. The Price is Wrong, Bob. The price is wrong, Bob. Go to your home. I eat pieces of crap like you for breakfast. 
You eat pieces of crap for breakfast? Yeah, there's so many great lines from this movie that probably affected people our age quite a bit for years and years and years where they quoted it over and over. Just just tap it home, tap it. Um, yeah. Just ease yeah, the tension, good. baby. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you took Chubb's hand. Um, <laughs> um, oh, so, yeah. yeah, next week, <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Great Stallone, buddy. Sorry, dude. <laughs> that wasn't Stallone. I know. That it was my that was a, I know a was, joke so dumb I couldn't stop myself from laughing. You meant to stab me in my heart. You know, I take my Arnold impression very seriously. I know it sucks, but you're supposed to fill my head full of... Oh, it was um, great. False, Dude, it was awesome. Splendor. Anyways, I, every, every, every impersonation I do has a Schwarzenegger behind it. <laughs> yeah, look at me. I'm coming to the frog. Hide the hole. I need more cowbell. <laughs> oh, uh, Christopher John Claude, John Claude Van Damme. Yeah. <laughs> so my movie command. Universal Soldier. <laughs> it's great. Uh, it's me and uh, Dolph Lundgren. Neither of us can speak English. Every time a bell, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Oh, that's so that Jimmy was, Stewart. That's fantastic. That was my Jimmy. I know Jimmy Stewart. Spot on, dude. <laughs> anyway, so okay, that's enough of that. I'm embarrassing myself. Oh, uh, that's good fun. Uh, all right. So for the PO podcast. Yeah, for the PO podcast. Next week, Happy Gilmore. Right? Should we yeah, say that five more times? Say- Let's say for the PO Podcast, I'm Adam. I'm Joe. And join us next week for Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Yay. Yay, Michael Bay. <laughs> I was waiting for you to do it in we, Arnold's voice. We we haven't seen uh, Arnold do a Michael Bay film yet. Nor will we. I oh, think he, will he even we. has more class than that. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.